Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host. And today we have a rock star on the show. A guy that's been a friend of mine for a while, actually, and we've never met in person. And he lives in Columbus, Ohio. So um, I can't wait to hear this guy's story. We've been friends on, on social media for a long time. I've seen what uh, what he does, and it's pretty amazing. So do me a favor. Do your friends and family a favor and share this out so everybody can hear this guy's story and learn how to network in business and life better. I've got Chris Borja on the show. Stay with us. We will be right back. And we're back. Let me bring Chris on the show. Chris, welcome. Hello, hello. It's great to have you here, man. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. Yeah, I appreciate you being here. Um, we were talking a little bit about, um, before the show started, we were talking about, I used to live in Columbus. As a matter of fact, I'm from there. I lived, I was born and raised in Northwest Ohio, and at 18 years old, I moved to Dublin. <laughs> so I never really left the general area, but, um, so, so Chris, you know, I've, I've done this for almost five years now and, um, I love hearing stories from people who've had the crap kicked out of them and somehow they figured out how to get through it all and, and be successful anyway. And so that's what this is all about. So why don't you start by telling everybody where you were born and raised? Yep. Uh, originally from Southern California, born in Long Beach wow. and uh, grew up in Pasadena, moved, you know, a no, number of different places since I was there the longest. Um, most recently was Marina Del Rey when my wife and I got married. And um, so I've been married for 25 years now. We've been together for 35 years. And we have uh, two grown kids. It's hard to believe that we're already at the empty nest stage. They both moved out already. Oh, my God. And, uh, so I feel like I still got a, life, a lot of life uh, ahead. But started in Southern California, lived there most of my life, uh, moved to Vegas for several years. And then from there, I've been in Columbus the last 14 years and, and, and love it. Wow. So, so did you, where did you go to high school and all that? Was it in Long Beach or? No. So I was born in Long Beach, but I didn't really live in Long Beach. Oh, okay. um, I went to high school. Actually, it was at um, a Catholic high school where we actually learned trades and, and shops. It was called Don Bosco Technical Institute, where uh, we went through the normal high school curriculum. But in addition to that, everyone took a workshop. So I, I took, I studied electronics, you know, you can study automotive or graphic design, all kinds of different stuff. Um, mm -hmm. I took electronics back then. Okay. So did you, I'm assuming you graduated. Did you, did you end up going to college after that? 
Yep. So after that, I went to uh, community college for two years and intentionally to save money. And, uh, and then after that transferred to a four year school, went to a small liberal arts college called Pitzer college, which most people have never heard of, but they may have heard of, uh, like a Claremont colleges. So it was like part of seven different schools that were there on campus. And I studied psychology. I knew I wanted to help people. So originally I took psychology and was thinking of going to, to marriage, family, child counseling. And then I said, I want to actually make money. So let me go into some <laughs> kind of business applied psychology, <laughs> right. industrial organizational psych, and then took uh, but so many sociology classes that all I had to do was declare it as a major. And I ended up with a double major. You know, I graduated with a double major in, in uh, psychology and sociology. Wow. That's pretty cool. So, and this was all in California. Yeah, this was California. Okay. California. So, um, when you got out of college, let's see, that would have put you at probably 20, what, three, 24 years old, somewhere no, in there? 20, no, 20. I think I was, I graduated at 20 because my birthday falls in November. So, it's a little bit early, but graduated at 20, 20 years old. With a four-year degree, yeah, with a four with a four-year degree, because I started when I was I was actually seventeen when I started. Wow, because I was my birthday. I started early. Wow, good for you, man. So, so you were twenty. You get out of college. You have your degree in hand, and um, you instantly became a millionaire. <laughs> I know. Oh <laughs> no. Traditional graduated with debt, not not a ton, thanks yeah. to my two years in community college. Uh, so I didn't have as much and use as many you know grants and scholarships as I could to, to graduate with the least amount of debt as possible. But yeah, yeah. So I started from there. Um, I had a choice. I was like, do I go and continue on the psychology path, which would require me to go an additional two years to get an entry level job? Yep. And I said, I've been in school my whole life. I'm kind of ready to get out. Up, up until this point, I had never worked for anybody uh, all the way through college. Uh, the way I generated money was I, I detailed cars. And uh, I didn't want to you know, work a cash register or work in a restaurant like most of my friends were doing at the time to, to make money. Yeah. Instead, I detailed one car on Sunday, one, one car Saturday, one car Sunday. Spent the entire day on the car made it look better than you. You could put it in a museum by the time I was done with it because there was so much attention to detail in the detail. It wasn't one of those uh, fast details. I, I literally prepared it to where it was restored. Um, so I did one on each day. And at the time I charged $100 for each car, which looking in hindsight is an incredible value. But yeah. back then I was, I was happy. I was making $200 a week and uh, had the rest of my week free to study and, and, uh, do whatever I needed to do. So it was, it was pretty good. Wow. So that's how I, I went through school. So when I graduated, I, I literally had not had a job, never been an employee. Uh, and then I started, um, I started working in retail management for Toys R Us back in the day. You remember Toys R Us? Wow. Yeah, of course. Wow. Yeah. They, they had a manager training program and I joined that because they would teach me how to be a manager. I'm like, that would be great because I don't have any other skills otherwise because I haven't done anything out in the world. So that's where I got my start. It's interesting. And I, I want to go back a little bit, but, but, you know, 
Toys R Us, they didn't pay attention to what was happening, did they? <laughs> they, uh-huh. they just couldn't. They, Amazon just, it's unbelievable. It's like Circuit City. I remember Circuit City. Um, there, you wouldn't know this probably, but there used to be a Circuit City right off of Sawmill Road in Dublin, and and I remember, I remember returning something there one day and that I had just bought like an hour earlier, wasn't even out of the package and they wanted to charge me a restocking fee. And I'm like, a a what? And they're like, it's, there's a 10% restocking fee on this $200 thing. And I said, I just bought it an hour ago. It's not even, it's the plastic shrink wrap still, but anyway, and then they, you know, so, um, uh, you know, it's it's interesting how these companies don't pay attention to what's what's happening. But that's that's a whole whole other topic. Talk about what it was like for you um, growing up. What, what was your family like? I mean, mom, dad, everybody. Uh, you had a good childhood, I, I assume. Yeah, childhood was very good. I, I both of my parents moved from the Philippines, to, you know, seeking a, a better life here and. That's how they ended up in in California, went through Canada and then worked their way down into the Los Angeles area. Um, So I grew up with uh, both parents, uh, stayed married all the way through till lost my dad uh, a few years ago to cancer in 2018. Um, I grew up with a a younger, I'm the eldest of three. I have a younger brother and a a younger sister. And um, always, it seems like we always got along with my sister. They're like, I don't remember any anything at all with my sister as far as drama or arguments, but it was always me and my brother that were, were different growing up. But as adults, we, we become like best friends and, you know, just support each other. So it's just cool to be able to have, uh, have the siblings for support. And we yeah. still stay in touch pretty much daily through our family texts. Um, my nice. mom's still doing very well and uh, we're very, very close family, very, yeah. very close family. Now, do, do they still live in California? No. So they followed me to Vegas when I went to, when I moved from California to Vegas, um, they followed me out there. And, um, and then years after that, then I moved to Columbus and they're like, we're not following you all over the country. So they're still in in Vegas right now. Wow. I lived in Vegas. We lived there for 13 months and oh my God, Uh, I get so hot in Vegas. People are like, it's a dry heat. I'm like, yeah, try putting a blow dryer right against your face and tell me, tell me how dry that it's, it gets hot out there. It gets really, really hot. Let's, let's just be honest. Um, It's like being in a convection oven is what it feels like. It really, it, 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 I remember walking through a parking garage. It was 127 degrees in the garage and really windy. And I'm thinking I, it was taking my breath away. It was so hot. Vegas is, yeah. Anyway, so um, so you now let me ask you why? What was causing all these moves, like from California to Vegas? What what were you doing? Yeah, the original moves we were starting. So my wife and I got married in uh, California, and then we started our family. So we had two kids, a son and a daughter. Okay. And uh, after having the, the two kids and we we're looking for a, a way to, to get into our own house and 
that's what led us to Vegas. We were just kept going a little bit further out, trying to for, find affordable housing in Southern California, which even back then was very <laughs> challenging yeah. and even more so today. Uh, yeah. But that's what got us looking. And then we we started looking. One time we were already, already all the way out in the desert in Bar. What, where were we at? We we're in um, Victorville in the middle of the desert. And we found a nice house out there. And I said, wow, this is a really nice house. And then when we went out of the model home, I'm like, what are we going to do out here? <laughs> so I said, well, we're going to move, willing to move to the desert. Um, let's go to Vegas where it's, uh, you know, at least it's a city. You know, there's like stuff around. And that's what got us to move out there. We didn't really know anybody. My wife had a, a best friend out there. Um, but other than that, we didn't know anybody out there when we moved. So that's what that's what got us out to Vegas. And then the move to Columbus was a business partnership that was that I was in and ended up uh, doing a lot of commuting and traveling. I'm like, I didn't sign up to be away from my family for three weeks out of the month. Um, eventually, Belinda's like, well, what's it like out there? And I'm like, it's actually pretty nice. There's, there's no traffic. The air is clean. There's lots of green and grass everywhere, which you're not used to if you're in Vegas. You know, it's all, <laughs> all, rock, it's all rockscape. And yeah. uh, so, so we moved, you know, the kids were still young. I said, you know, looked up the school districts and said, it's a great place to, to raise a family and very family oriented place. So um, made the move and we, you know, we didn't know anybody in Columbus, but we uh, got connected with a good church family and, and that helped us kind of dig our roots in and, and we ended up staying and, and loving it. So here we are 14 years later and the kids are grown. It's just amazing how fast that time flies by. It goes so fast, doesn't it? Yeah. It's crazy. So, so, um, talk about you. So you ended up in Columbus, you said, because of a business partnership, mm -hmm. what, what kind of business was it? I, and I want to talk about like how far off from your degree, your college training, how far off that path did you go? Where, what, what, what was the business that you went for? Yeah, the business back then was real estate. So I was doing some property management, doing some fix and flips and uh, doing some, you know, work on the properties and just overseeing that. So it's, it has nothing to do with my my major. It wasn't it wasn't until later on that I'm like, uh, I, I think I use it not really as a degree or anything, but I think I use some of the background in psychology and sociology with what I do now, but definitely going from college to retail into real estate that was um you know it, it didn't have anything to do with it <laughs> yeah it's funny because i i mean i didn't go to college um but I, like I, I don't think i've ever talked to anybody that's like yeah i got out of college and immediately started unless you're like a surgeon or a a lawyer or something like that but so so you um and are are you still in that business or or that that you moved to Columbus for? Uh, no, no longer in that business. Um, when I moved out here, um, I started up in my direct sales company again, and so I was uh, working on that network marketing, direct sales, okay. um, selling group benefits as well. So that's what got me started into the networking world. Like I literally up until this point. With all the stuff I had done, I, I was still very, very heavy, serious introvert and uh, not just an introvert, but a shy introvert, meaning that I would I would avoid social settings. Um, I would avoid parties. I would avoid um, any any op, any any reason I would have to speak in public. I would avoid all of those things. 
And uh, that's obviously not very good for being in the direct sales world <laughs> because you need to talk to a lot of strangers to succeed in that business. True. And um, I, I had already run out of people to talk to by, you know, for years, you know, I'd already talked to everyone that I possibly knew. Then I started purchasing leads because I figured hey, at least it gives me somebody to talk to. And the challenge I found there was that it's like, I don't know how often to call them and, do I keep working with the same people or do I need new people all the time? And how, you know, so I, I kind of struggle with that. I increased sales a little bit um, strictly because I, I was talking to people, but I said, there's, there's got to be a better way. And I was invited to actually a, a speed networking event was the very first event that I attended. And it, and it was uh, about 60 people at, it was actually in Dublin. So, you know, where the, it, it was at Jason's Deli in okay. Dublin, Ohio. And so, That's so funny. I've yeah, been there. Been they, there many they, times. Yeah, so in the Kroger, have, the Kroger Plaza. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. That's the one. So that's <laughs> the very first event that I ever, ever, ever went to. Didn't even know a networking event. I didn't even know about networking. I had no clue. But I saw that there was people there. I said, <laughs> I can go there and I could give my business cards out and that would be a great place to go. You know, so there's like 60 people there. And I'm like <laughs> thinking about my pitch and what do I do? I'm like looking around like this and seeing what everyone else is doing and trying oh, to figure man. this out but and how old were you by the way um so at this point this was 2012 so i'm okay. 39 39 maybe 40 okay around 40 almost no wow. yeah 29 somewhere around there 39 39 39 or 40 wow yeah so it's wow. 39 or 40 years old at, at my first networking event you didn't know what a networking event was at 40 years old had had no clue. I didn't even know groups existed. I didn't know networking was a thing. I'm like, and and it, you know, I I could say maybe it's my fault, you know, that that I didn't get out there and find out that there's things going on in the world like this. But well, yeah, at least you weren't in the network marketing business. I'll hold it. No, you. Yeah, were. I, I was. I still did. I was in network marketing business at this point. Oh my! God. So at this point, I was in the network marketing business for. 13 years, 13 years. I was in the network marketing business, but didn't know about networking. Oh my God. That is so, I, I don't know why that's so funny, but that is hilarious to me. Okay. So you're at Jason's deli at your first networking event, had your pitch nailed down. You were ready to rock and roll. What happened? Uh, we went to speed networking, right? So it's like yep. two minutes and then you go and next person goes, you exchange business cards. And I was like, okay, I got a stack of business cards. And I was like, I can't sell people in two minutes. So I was like, what's, <laughs> this is like challenging because you're trying to get your pitch and trying to sell right. people. Cause that's, that was my mindset back then. Uh, but here's, here's what, what happened at that first event that opened my eyes a little bit is after the event. I, I saw people that were regular networkers, the people that were seasoned, they knew what they were doing, not, not like myself. And they're just standing around at, you know, in the room afterwards and people would come to them and they would come to them and they would have referrals and say, Hey, you know, I have this person I talked to. I wonder if you can help with, help them out with this situation. Here's what's going on. Oh yeah. Give me their business card. I'll help them out. And then later on that same event, another person walks up to them with another referral. And I'm thinking, I think my closing ratio would be a lot higher if people were coming to me instead of <laughs> me constantly chasing people. I said, that looks a lot easier. I, I think I could do better if they came to me asking if they need, if, if, if I could help them. Oh my so the, the challenge was like, how do I get people to do that now? Because I'd never been taught this skill. And, and I was like, how did they do that? And, and plus 
they look so so cool, calm, and collected. They're just like standing there, let business come to me. And then I have all this anxiety inside me and like, how am I going to pitch these people? And what do I say to them? And how do I ask for the appointment and all that kind of stuff? Right. And a lot of it is in my own head, right? It's, sure. it's just stuff that I, you know, all the stories in my head about how to how to build this business. But so that was the eye opener for me was when I saw people getting referrals and, and not having to chase others for business because I didn't know any other way existed. And you had been in network marketing for, thir you said, 13, 14 years. Yeah, at this at point, point, 13 years, yeah. Um, and were you making money? How did you live? How did you eat? <laughs> like yeah, I, I, I was like, I was like, uh, I was working, but most people don't know that I was working for a friend doing handyman work and just helping to be able to, you know, put in hours and, and just do grunt work and labor and painting wow. and things like that to be able to get by. And, uh, in the meantime, I had to, you know, present like I'm a successful network marketer because in that business, it's all about, you know, projecting success to attract other people to want to enroll with you. Yeah. And right. so I, I was, I was working double time to be able to do that and make that happen working evenings. And, um, it, it took a big toll because it was, you know, I, I was always prospecting mode. You know, everyone I ran into, I was thinking about how do I talk to them? I know I'm supposed to compliment them and I'm supposed to, uh, start a conversation with them and they're within three feet of me. And let me, let me talk to them in a checkout line. And it just felt so awkward and weird. That is and that's why the whole networking thing was appealing to me because it didn't feel like that. I didn't constantly have to be on the hunt. And so that's yeah. where, um, that that's, that's basically how I, how I made it through. I was, I was working while building this business up. So, so you're, and gosh, I can relate to that. I, I, I buy products from a couple of network marketing companies. Um, but I, I, I only have done, actually tried attempted network marketing a couple of times and the training is like if you're standing at a gas pump talk to the guy across for on the other side of the gas pump and i'm like how about no i don't <laughs> want to do that like that's no. weird like what if he just got done murdering somebody and he's stopping <laughs> to get gas to get the hell out of town i don't want to be his next victim so yeah, you, yeah. i just felt weird man i'm like i'm not doing that you know um, so, so talk about the, um, <laughs> my buddy, James Bodwin's on here, but like, like talk about, you know, the, cause I know that you, you, you don't exactly do that now. Um, you, you talk about where things started going for you from there. Cause you, you, you made note of some things at that, your very first networking event, which, Hey, my hat's off to you for that because most people wouldn't have noted all the stuff that you, you're like, wait a minute, these, these, these guys are just standing around and, and people are walking up to them. Um, where did things go from there for you? Yeah. So I, after that, I, I made it an effort, even though I was uncomfortable to, to join as many different events as I could. And I struggled through it. I still didn't know what I was doing. I still had no training whatsoever. And uh, it led to many, what I call cringe worthy moments. You know, those moments where you're like, Oh man, I just did that. Or I said that. Yes. And one of the worst ones was I was at a young professionals event. So remember I'm almost like, 
pretty much 40 years old at this point. So I'm networking with people half my age at this young professionals event. And they went around a little small circle, maybe five people. And I'm, you know, hey, tell me what you do. And then they got to my point and they were all politely staring at me, you know, listening to what I had to say. So I thought they were interested. So I kept going and I kept going. And I, before I knew it, I was doing a full, I was doing a full presentation because I was in, I had momentum, you know, you couldn't stop me. And, and there are still, and then the person across from me, like I was still mid sentence. I don't know. I might've been maybe five minutes into my sales pitch, but I didn't feel it. You know, it feels like a minute to you, but yeah, you know, right. it might've been in real time about five minutes. And he turned to the lady. He's like, "Hey, so tell me what what, you, what do you do for a living?" And right, I was mid sentence and just cut me off halfway through and went on to the next person. Wow! And it was just so embarrassing for me. I just wish I I could take my name tag off. Hopefully, they didn't see who I was and I could just disappear into the, into the back of the room and and head out. Uh, so those kind of things happened uh, often to where I just didn't because I didn't know what I was doing. I had no clue what I was doing, and I was I was still in trying to collect business cards to later set an appointment, do a sales pitch and follow up with them and, you know, and follow up till they buy or die type uh, attitude. But I didn't understand relationship building and all that stuff. Um, but so after struggling through this for a while, I said, you know what, I'm, I'm marginally doing better simply because I'm out in front of more people. So I did do better because of that. But I said, there's, there's gotta be something that I'm doing wrong here because it doesn't feel right. Like I still feel a lot of anxiety. So like if I sat down with you for a coffee meeting somewhere at Panera or a Starbucks or something, it, the whole time I'm talking to you inside, just being honest inside, I was thinking about how do I flip this sales? How, how do I flip into a sales conversation? How do I flip to where I can now we're talking about each other's family or like, you know, background and like, how do I get this to where I start talking about my services and my products? Right. And, and right. how can I truly connect with people when that's all I was thinking in my head the whole time was how I'm going to flip this conversation around. And that was uh, after doing that and realized that didn't work. I said, you know what? This isn't working like I want anyway. What if, why are people even here at this event? Why are they even here? And I said, they're probably all here for the same reason I'm here. They, they want to grow their sales. They want to get new prospects, new clients. I said, so if everyone comes here to an event like this, how is that beneficial when everyone's here to sell, but nobody's here to buy? I don't, I don't get it. I don't see how this thing works. And so what I did is I just switched and I said, let me just find out what other people are here for, what they want. And so I started asking questions, you know, tell them about yourself and what do you do and what are your goals? What are you looking to do? And then it just built great rapport. Like I remember one conversation I had with a gentleman, um, it was at the Tim Hortons. I'm sharing these only because you're familiar with these areas. So on the corner of 161 in Riverside, when there used to be a Tim Hortons there, that's now Bridge Park and fully developed. Yeah. But I remember there I was a win. There was a Wendy's over there too. There was a Wendy's right next to it. And so that so I met him there for an hour. And I didn't know it was going to be an hour, but we met for coffee and then it turned out to be an hour. Uh, the whole time he spoke, the whole time, like literally 50, 55 minutes, he was talking most of the way. And I was just in agreement. Yes, yes, you know, nodding my head, stuff like that. But at the end of that time, he said, you know, this was, this was great. Um, we could do this again. And it opened my eyes. I was like, I didn't even do my pitch. I didn't say anything, but this guy, I love me. Just like wanted to meet again. Couldn't wait for it. I was like the best conversationalist to this person. And I didn't say hardly anything. I said, you know what? Sometimes people just need somebody 
to listen. They just want to be able to share. Maybe they don't have that or they, they're they appreciative of somebody that actually listens. And as an introvert, I was comfortable in that role. So I realized that introverts and extroverts both bring something to the table. You know, extroverts can keep the life of the party going. Their life of the party, they keep it going. They can, uh, you know, make people feel comfortable because they're comfortable. So they make others feel comfortable. Introverts, on the other hand, they're pretty good at listening in most cases because they don't need to be the life of the party so they can listen. So I said, I'll just fit into my role and, and, and listen. So I started doing that more and then I started getting more referrals because people figure that if Chris is like this with me, then I can trust him with my, my referrals because he's not going to hard sell them. He's yeah. not going to pitch them until they get uncomfortable and break our friendship type thing. So they felt comfortable sharing referrals and leads. So that, so that was a transition um, a year after starting the networking, then I, I started our own networking group up in Dublin called Dublin Area Networking Group originally. And then we expanded throughout all the city of Columbus. It turned into Connected Networking Group, which it still is today. And we have visions of expanding that across the state and across the country and across the world here over the next five years. Um, and then a, a year after that, so 2013, this was 2013, started my own group to create a comfortable space for people like me to meet initially and just towards more conducive to relationship building. And then in 2014, I realized that, okay, we've got this group and it's growing finally, but it's most people just don't know what to do when they come out and network. And they were, I, I saw versions of me coming into the group and I said, they just don't know any better. And I would, you know, I would be at even, so that's when I started become a better networker, which was a training, teaching people how to, how to network. So all the things that I do now actually started as free. So the networking group started off as a, as a free and it's still free for members, but we're, we monetize that, of course, at this point, right. uh, become better networker where we train people that started as free. I just started helping people uh, initially around the size of the room that were looking at their phones because they're uncomfortable, hoping that a text message or something comes in that, that takes their, their attention for a little bit. Um, so I started teaching people and doing workshops. I said, well, I'm telling everyone the same thing. Why don't I just bring everyone together and share with everybody at the same time? So I did that. I did my first workshops here. I'm a shy introvert and said, I'm going to do a workshop and just teach people how to network. And so I did that for free for years, just helping people. And it helped our group grow because now people knew how to network and were more comfortable. And then that turned in, into a company years down the road. Um, so that's kind of the, the the journey as far as getting started in the in the networking world was through going through the hardships myself, seeing the value benefit, figuring out a better way to do it, and then starting to teach people how to, how to do this. So I have, and you know, you and I talked about, <clears throat> you have an online academy. I have an online academy where I teach this, how to interview, how to do a podcast, how to live stream and all that. And we have a weekly mastermind. And I, last week I said, you wouldn't even believe how many people have been on this show that afterwards they were like, that was the best interview I've ever had. Like, wow. And, and it's, and I think about it, I'm like, I didn't say anything <laughs> like, you know, but it's the truth, man, what you said. And if people would get that, if people would, would really, really get that in business and in life, people want to be heard. And if, if, you know, the old saying, God gave us one mouth and two ears for a reason. Um, you know, people just want to be heard. Yeah, so true. They really do. So, wow. Good, good on you for, for recognizing that. And, um, 
obviously taking it to the next level. I'm part of your online and your Facebook group. I, I know I'm in that group and I have been for years. I've just never made it to one of your, your, your live, live events. But, um, so, so are you still in the network marketing business? Um, technically yes, but I just haven't branded or I'm still officially an associate, okay. but I, I haven't branded or marketed since 2018 as far as any kind okay. of branding. So yeah. just had a decision to make of which way do I go? I have this knowledge now I can load up in either yeah. direction. Um, but I felt like what I'm doing here with the networking and the training is something that's needed in the marketplace. Yep. And I don't know of, uh, too many people that can, that can fill this role. Whereas on the network marketing role, anybody could fill my role there. Yeah. So I said between the two, I, it was, it was tough, but I said between the two, I, I got to choose this path and that's where I yeah. went. Well, that's, that's good. That's the, I, I think it's the right path for you. So, so when, uh, so you chose that in 2018 ish. That's where I decided to go all in as okay. far as the, the networking that became, it slowly became my brand Okay, yeah. because I, I was promoting the networking more than I was promoting my company that yeah. I was representing at the time. So just kind of naturally, it just happened organically. That's so awesome, man. And right now you're just in the Columbus market. Um, well, we have our, our clients are everywhere all over the United States and our, our vision is to take it globally uh, as far as the, the training and, and our group as well. That's awesome, man. So, so what do you think, and I normally wait until later in the interview to ask this, but I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna ask it. <clears throat> you know, I've, I always find it interesting that people will invest <clears throat> whatever it is in training or a, a mastermind or whatever. And, and then they don't show up for the, the meetings, <clears throat> the Pareto principle, right? The 80, 20 rule. Why, why do you think people don't, why do you think people don't show up? I, I remember asking Brian Tracy, like when he was on the show, I'm like, how people will hear all this Brian Tracy wisdom and they'll, you know, write it down, write it down, write it down. And, and, and yet most people won't actually do it. How do you get people to start taking action? He said, you can't change people. And I'm like, but I want to, I want them to get it. Like, what do you think? What stops people from showing up? Cause I know that you experience it. Like it's a, it's a universal principle. Yeah. They, the, the big thing is, is there a why, like, why are they doing it? And then having the clarity as to why, what they're doing at that moment leads to their big why. And if they, once they get disconnected to that, literally anything is, is good enough to be a distraction for them. Mm. So do you know of a way to get them to show up? Uh, we, we, we've done very well on, on the classes that we've been doing. And I yeah. think I, I learned a lot from my, from my network marketing background, because I wanted success for so many people more than they wanted it for themselves, which it took me a long time to figure that out because I, I love people. I care about them. If I recruited them, it was because I really felt like this could be the life changer for them. Uh, and it, I went through so many people before I realized that I can't, I can't change other people. And you have to just invite, 
invite people in and I, I looked at every type of organization and there's people that always rise to the top. There's people that'll be your big fans and promoters and they're there every bit of the way. Um, and there's the people that are marginally there and they're just there out of convenience or if they don't have anything else to do. They'll, they'll, they'll come if they're, if they have nothing else come up, then maybe they'll be there, but it, it's commitment. And it's one of those things that shows up in every aspect of our lives, everyone's lives. And, and it's just, I think the successful people just recognize that and, and like your name, breakthrough, right? They break through yep. whatever that obstacle is because they know they have to get somewhere. But I think for most people, they don't have that clarity, unfortunately, to to where they they have that they to where they stick they stick with it. Yeah. As soon as there's any kind of resistance. Right. Right. You're right. So, in in your opinion, what what do you think? Um, and I, listen, I think that um, financial um well-beingness um or wealth or making a lot of money and experiencing true freedom in life i think they're related i do um i know a lot of people are like money won't buy happiness i understand that um but it it you know it, it sure makes being miserable easier <laughs> so but you know like what do you, in your opinion, what do you think holds people back in life from having it all true financial wealth or success and, 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 you know, joy and freedom from, I mean, I feel pretty free. I'm sure you feel pretty free. There's moments in business where it's like, <clears throat> you know, you don't, but what do you think stops people, man? I, I think it's, it's not connecting with their, their true purpose of what they're, what they're here to do. And cause if you look at it, there's, there's tons of ways to make money. I mean, just get on any, get on any, any uh, social media platform, like right yep. now, and you'll see 24, 50, hundred different ways to make money. So there's no, there's no shortage of a way to make money, but what is sustainable? What is something that you actually enjoy doing? And that's one of the adjustments that I had to make too, because I see so many different ways of growing a business and I would start subscribing to all the different ways that you could possibly grow a business. I said, well, wait a second. I just need to stick to what's authentic and true to me. And that's what makes it easier for me is, is to just do what I enjoy, which is serving and helping people. And that's where the networking comes in because it's, that's what it's all about is about building communities, serving, helping. And, yep. and then your sales come from that because you get the referrals from those relationships. So, so I said, I just have to double down on what I'm doing, but most people, I, I feel like they, they don't find that because I think they're probably doing something that they're not passionate about. Mm. Okay. So my follow-up question to that then would be um, how, how do you, how do you help somebody find that passion, find that purpose? Cause I I'm with you. I totally agree. I think that we're all sent here. I believe we all had a, we signed a contract with God before we ever got here saying, this is what you're supposed to do when you get there. Um, how do you help somebody find that purpose and that passion and, and live it? I know many people are like, Oh, I'm so passionate about opening a gym, but they never do. They stay at their nine to five until they die or whatever. So how do you, 
how do you help people find that and, and take action towards it? Yeah, I think it's from asking them questions like what you what would you do if, if time and money wasn't an issue? I know we've all heard that, but I think it's it's true. Like, what would you do if you didn't have to do what you're doing as a job, as a business? And you could pick, you know, some people inherited their business. Maybe they didn't start it from scratch. So it's not really their, you know, it's not their their child that they raised up and, you know, birthed and all that kind of stuff. So maybe they don't have the same attachment as the founder would. But right. I, I think it's it's um it's it's really understanding what would you do if you could do anything? What's the thing that gives you joy? I'll give you an example. So um, I was doing a talk for um, for professionals that are in the job search and they're all in their fifties and up. So they're like, kind of like in their second or maybe third phase of, of career. Right. And I asked them this question. I said, what would you do if time money weren't an issue and fear didn't exist and you could do anything you wanted. And literally 95% of the answers that came back was that I, I would donate more. I would, I would volunteer at my favorite organization, whatever that happened to be, I would volunteer more. And so they're all here, you know, struggling and trying to find a job so that they can volunteer. So I said, so let me get this straight. You're trying to find a high paying job so you can volunteer for free. <laughs> what are you saying? You need to get this high paid job so you can volunteer. I was like, why don't you just do that now? You can, you can do that right now. And then mm. in that case, anything you do to sustain yourself, it, it fills a different role. You don't have to like love it at that point. You can be doing it because it's fulfilling the end. It's like, I do this job so that I can serve these people and not have to charge them because I can just volunteer my time. I, I can have the time for you. And they know what they want. They know they don't want a 80 hour uh, commitment starting a business. Maybe they just right. want 30 hours a week working part time and they just need to make X amount, thousands of dollars per month total and they can live their life, their dream life, like right now, but they're not, they're not taught that. And they don't slow down to think about what do I really want? And speaking of, of God, I believe that God does give us those visions and doesn't let them disappear, but we drown them out with, with life. So for yep. example, even in my shy introvert stage to where I hadn't overcome it yet, and literally my voice would crack. If I spoke in front of more than three people, like they just said, go introduce yourselves or, you know, i my voice would literally crack. I would get so nervous and to the point I would almost pass out. Um, <laughs> oh, so even in this phase, I would still get visions that I was speaking in front of thousands of people as a shy introvert. And I'm like, why does this come about? Why do I have visions of speaking in front of thousands of people when I can't even speak in front of three people? It doesn't make any sense. But but God has bigger purposes for, for each and every one of our lives and then we we ha we get to to decide if we want to tune in and listen, just like radio, right? You just tune in a certain frequency. You just want to yeah. if you want to hear and actually take action on that, or we can play busy and and live an unfulfilled life because all the money in the world doesn't solve it if you're not living your purpose. Well, and what you just said, I mean, it all goes back to, you know. So if you have a job making 80 grand a year, but your dream is to volunteer for whatever, it, it's really about reboxing that like, like, you know, wait a minute, if I reframe this and, and I'm actually doing this job that I don't really care about, but I'm doing it because it allows me to go over. Well, that goes back to the purpose thing, right? that it all goes back to, to what is your why 
What's your purpose? Yep. Clar having that clarity makes all, all the difference in the world. So that's why people quit. That's why they don't have the determination. Because if you look at pe people know what they need to do to be successful. It, it's just like getting in better shape. It's not a secret. You don't need a you don't need a trainer technically to do that. You know you need a trainer to hold you accountable because you don't have the discipline yourself. But so there's a, there's a role for that. And same with coaches yeah. and all that. People help you get better. But as far as the knowledge, people know in most cases the majority of what they need to achieve success. And yeah. it's just a matter of of uh, identifying it and then making a decision and being honest with yourself. Like, okay, am I going to do this or am I not going to do it? And not and not lie. So for me, with with a being shy introvert, um, the danger in that for the people that are so I'll equate that. So that's my version, right? For everyone else, it'll, it'll come across different. But what it'll what it'll mean for others is that is is basically playing small, is what it is. So every everyone is going to be and, and most most people are playing small. There's some people that are truly living, you know, all out going for it. But for most people, they're they're playing small because they're not connected yet with their true purpose and they, they have the fear of whatever other people think of them. That's why I was always worried about speaking up. Cause what if I was wrong? What if I look stupid? What if people make fun of me or tease me because I'm an idiot, you know, they think I'm an idiot or something or, but then I was always my worst critic as most people. Yep. And that ends up becoming a negative cycle to where it's now we're so occupied and distracted. How can we even focus? We forgot we we're even supposed to have a dream. It's unbelievable. So now you speak in front of thousands. Uh, not yet thousands, but we're working on it. Yeah. Hundreds? Hundreds, yes. Yeah. Do you travel around? Do you, do you travel U.S. speaking at different events? or? Um, I haven't yet. That's on the goal. I've done virtual events, things like that, to give me exposure outside of the local region. Uh, but yeah, that's that's one of the new services that I'll be offering this year that, that just started. Uh, so the the process is to get, not the process, but the, the business plan, just to share openly, the business plan is the book was first because that's the entry level. It gets people exposure to networking. And I have the Breakthrough Academy for people that want to take a deeper dive into it. Um, on the higher ticket side is the speaking. So what I'm focusing on on speaking are opening keynotes because the way I teach networking is engaging, is interactive. It gets people out of their seats. It gets them to break the ice. Yeah. And my role at a conference is going to be to to get people to understand what true networking is and give them a, a framework to where they can follow, not just at that event, but every event going forward. So that's a value to the event organizer, all the participants, the sponsors, yeah. the speakers, because people I mean, how many times we've been to a conference? We know that that's one of the biggest values they have to offer is the people you can meet. But yet you could sit down next to somebody and, and not have a conversation with the people sitting next to you for three days not even making eye contact, your neck's hurting because you're trying not to turn to the side, accidentally make eye contact. You might have to talk to them. And how much, <laughs> that, you know, how much of that happens now? So I said, what if I break the ice at the beginning as an opening keynote? So I'm specifically branding as an opening keynote to, to come in and teach networking, get people out of seats, do the thing. So they can't say, I don't know if I can do that because they already did it. So I kind of tried right. right up front. So that's the service and uh, to also train sales teams uh, as, as well as the, as the services. So those are new things that developed out of the book, out of the clarity to say, okay, how am I going to serve now and elevate this, take it to the next level? Instead of just the individual coaching, you know, taking it to a, a national and, and global scale. Dude, that's so awesome. By the way, I put the website up, networkingessentialsforsuccess.com. 
that's the link to your book to get your book, right? Yep. That's the link. It'll take them to the Amazon page right now. Okay. So if somebody would type that into, I know it's a long URL, but if you would type it into the comments, that'll make it and put the www in front of it. It'll make it clickable right from Facebook. So here, let me give you full screen networking essentials for success. What is, so if somebody buys that book and I know that there'll be people on here that get your book, um, what are they going to, so they read the book. First off, do they have to get through the whole thing to start applying the lessons or is it things they can start applying immediately as they read the book that'll make a difference, a positive difference in their business or their life? Yeah, I believe it'll make a difference from the time they read the introduction and each additional chapter is, is bonus because what, what I did in the book is, is broken down. I broke down all the steps that it takes. So when I started networking, as we shared this, the, the journey, uh, I was just trying to get more comfortable. I said, I, I was really uncomfortable. I didn't know what I was doing. And that's what most people think about networking. But there are also people that are comfortable networking, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're good networkers or they're successful through networking. So I said, what are the things that are missing? If I took somebody brand new that had no knowledge like I, I had when I started and I right. taught them every single step. I realized that meeting people is not the first step and it's not the last step. It falls right in the middle. So I did, I broke down the steps. So uh, I'll share it with you in like a, a minute, maybe. <laughs> so sure. first, step is, first step is is just having the clarity of what you're trying to do, the value you bring to the marketplace, clarity, your, your why. Uh, second step is having the right mindset about what networking is. So what I teach in here are different examples of what networking is. So for example, um, let's say Ken and I are at, at, are at a poker table. We're playing game poker. And uh, I, I want to I win. Ken wants to win. Everybody else at the table wants to win. But if I want to see Ken's cards, I say, Ken, hey, let me, hey, bro, let me check out your cards real quick. What's he got? He's going to hold his cards even closer. And he's going to be like, oh, you're not seeing my cards. So that's what people are like in business when you're, when you're asking for something is they, they, they naturally lean back. And, it, and so how do we get people to lean forward? Well, I figure out a good way to get people to lean forward is turn my cards around and say, hey, Ken, do you need any of these cards right here? Mm. And then now Ken's leaning in. Let me see which ones I need. Uh, let, me, let, me have the two and, can I, let me have the two and the three. And I'm like, yeah, you can have the two and the three. I, I mean, what, that's the lowest cards in the, in the whole deck. Right. So I give ten, Ken the two and the three. I don't know why he wants it, but I don't realize he already has a four, five, and six. So now he has two, three, four, five, six, and he has a straight. So he improved his hand significantly. Now Ken's got to get rid of a couple cards. He, he just throws cards he didn't need, gave me a couple of hearts, but doesn't realize I already had three hearts. So he completed my flush. So if, if Ken and I continue this game of, of sharing resources, which is what networking truly is, right? that you can see how Ken and I are going to win almost every hand at this table. We're going to wipe everyone clean. And eventually somebody's going to say, why do you guys keep winning? So oh, we've been changing cards and stuff. Uh, they'd be like, well, I want in. Whatever you guys are doing, I want in. And with networking, we don't need to keep people out. The more people that join our game, that just adds resources to our pool. So understanding the right mindset, that's just one of the stories, but understanding the right mindset, when people understand what networking truly is, it, it's a game changer. And then so step three is something that people often don't do and keeps them from taking action because they just don't feel ready. 
like how many times you talk to somebody, Hey, are you on LinkedIn? They're like, Oh yeah, I got to update that thing. I'm, I'm, I'm working on it, you know, or do you have a website? Yeah. I got to update that thing. And, you know, so all these things that people don't have in place keeps them from taking action. So this is all happening before even trying to go out and meet people, getting all your stuff ready. So your, your contact management, your, your, your calendar app is so easy to set appointments. Now you don't need to go back and forth. You just say, Hey, here's my link, pick a time that works for you. And boom, it's done. You don't have to talk. You don't need an assistant. Boom. You just schedule when it, and it's, it's for convenience for the person you're meeting. So that's step three is getting all your, all your systems and tools in place. Step four is now that what you think of networking, which is actually getting out and meeting people, whether it's in person, whether it's online, being in places where you can meet. And when you have the right mindset and all the other stuff done, then it, it sets you up for success because I felt like I had to share as much as I could in that 30 to 60 seconds because this might be my only shot of meeting them and winning them over and getting an appointment. But now that I know what I know when I have my social, you know, pretty good and I just want to connect with somebody. So if I meet Ken, if I meet you for the first time at an event, I don't even need to talk about myself. I could learn about you, but my goal now is to stay in touch on social. Yeah. Now, when you stay, when you, you might not have heard anything about what I do, but you go to my social and then you're like, Oh, I should, I should talk to Chris some more. I so yeah, we only have one chance to make a good first impression, but you have unlimited chances when you build a true connection and true relationship. You have all the time in the world when you have connect. You can always revisit it. So those things set somebody up to where they don't have that anxiety when yeah. they go to meet people. It gives them the, that that posture like the people that I saw at that speed networking event. They weren't chasing anybody. People were coming to them now. So I'm going to help people with that. And then step five is building relationships. Like how do you build relationships when they don't want your product and probably aren't even a good candidate? I, I, that's the difference between networking and prospecting. And networking is not the same thing as prospecting. Networking, everyone you meet is added to your community and your network. With right. prospect, pro, prospecting, it's a sifting and sorting method of, of seeing who's interested, who's not, and going to the next person who may or may not be interested, next person, next person, next person. With networking, each and every person that you meet is important and valuable because it's not a, a traditional sales funnel that starts from top and works down. It's a reverse funnel where you meet one person, you build a good relationship with Ken, that potentially opens you up to all the thousands of people that Ken knows. So that's that's how networking is a reverse funnel and, and uh, building those relationships, understanding the, the strength of your relationship determines what you're able to ask of people. So if you just met somebody, you can't ask them to meet their CEO friend or their influencer friend, but you've known them for a while, then maybe that's a little bit more reasonable. So just think about marriage proposals, you know, for anyone that's proposed to their husband, wife, or, you know, they, they propose, they, they probably were at like a hundred percent knew the answer before they asked. So how many times do we not do that in business? Because we just want to shoot out, you know, hey, shoot your shot, go for it. If it's too soon, you're, you're messing things up. So building relationships, um, that leads to step six, which is building your brand and your personal network. That's important because it leads to step seven, which is creating winning collaborations and partnerships. So people might conceptually understand that they want to build these big partnerships and things like that. But the problem is that most people either don't feel ready, so they won't approach it with the confidence that they should, or they won't approach it at all. Or the person right. will look back at them and say, I don't know if I want to partner with this person. So just think about for anyone out there listening, if, if somebody visited your, your social media, any of your platforms right now, would it cause them to be more likely to do business with you or partner with you or less likely? You know, and in many cases, you know, we have some maybe marginal stuff on there or things like, oh, I don't know if I should put that. 
but but those all lead up to it or even a lack of presence doesn't it, it leads to a lack of trust because think about the people we don't trust to say i don't know about that person i don't know about that guy so yeah. the less we know about somebody the less we trust them so we can use all the different tools so the partnerships comes from having a, a brand but also having a network so the example i like to share with that so let's say, Ken, you, you got, I'm sure you got a really nice car. Let's say you got you, somebody, a friend wants to borrow your car, but they don't have a car or their car is a beater. It's got like fast food wrappers in the trunk and all over the floor. You, you're probably not going to want to trust them with your car because of what you see. So think about your network and your cur current brand. Would somebody expose you to their network based on what they see? But yeah. Ken, let's say your friend has the same exact car or nicer than yours you're way more likely to hand the keys over and let them borrow it for the weekend if they needed it. You might not even ask them why they need right. it. Right. Yep. Just because you see proof that they're probably going to take care of my car. And I know for a fact, if Chris borrows my car, it's coming back detailed and with a full tank of gas. Yep. So as you build that personal brand, step six and your personal network, it gives you more, uh, it gives you more ammunition and, and a better positioning to create those winning collaborations and partnerships. So, what people get out of this book is, is a process and a system that they can follow, whether they're brand new to networking or have been networking for years, but never had a system or a process that isn't focused on getting to know people so they can get an appointment and a sale, because I feel like that's just going to happen anyway. It's going to happen in the middle there. But what we're doing is creating is creating the culture of building community. Because if Ken and I are winning by exchanging resources, which are those playing cards, we have more people joining our community. What happens if we have dozens, hundreds, thousands of people uh, all playing the same game? So for me, it's not just a book. It's a movement to be able to create better networkers, people that understand connection and how to truly build real relationships, not just so we can get an appointment, but real genuine relationships to, to be able to create better networkers, stronger businesses because that's what people are about. We need to, that, that's just a necessary thing to, to continue thriving. But the third thing that isn't in general, in, in most cases included is creating connected communities. And it's something that we can say, hey, that's an ideal, everyone should do it. Yeah, but no one's gonna do it. But we in the business community can and will do it because it benefits us directly. Right. We all will benefit from it. So if, it's easier if we join a table that's already exchanging cards and we change the name of the game from one winner and everybody else loses to where, hey, we all win as long as we leave the table with a better hand than we started with. And that's what we're doing is, is we're, we're, we're creating this game that is already there, but most people have not understood the rules or how big of a role they can play. So networking is a team game. And that's why for me, uh, I, I feel like my role is is teaching this, modeling it, showing it so that people can can do business in a sustainable way in today's world that works because old sales strategies and tactics from the 80s and 90s that kind of just kept on going because there's no alternative to it. I feel like people are a lot more relational today and as much automation is coming into the world, it's ultimately a person that will make a buying decision. Yeah. The robot will not make a buying decision. So it's always so you could use all the tools and use everything to your advantage to be able to stay in touch, stay, you know, put good content, all that stuff out there. But ultimately, it's a it's a connection with a person that's going to help us to succeed. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I, I love everything you just said. It reminded me um, I, I met with Grant Cardone one time in his office 
spent three hours with him and, and he said, um, let me ask you something. I said, all right. He says, well, I'm not going to say exactly what he said, but he said, what are you hiding from? He, he threw another word in there. Um, but what are you hiding from? And I said, nothing <laughs> like what, what are you talking about i'm sitting in your office man i and i was intimidating already you know sitting with this guy back in 2014 and but you know he's like if i'm not your friend on facebook i don't see your posts if i you know you're you're i don't know i don't even think instagram was huge back then but you know I, I meet people all the time that have these private Instagram accounts or they only do posts to friends on Facebook. And I'm like, why are you, do why, why are you doing that? Like, well, I like to keep it private and you're that's, that's hiding. You're hiding. What are you hiding from? Like, and I, I look at it the same way you do, man. Like you've got to, you, you got to show your cards, like just show people and, and you'll naturally, you know, attract people. If, if I love everything you just said, man, everything you're 1000% correct. It's how I've built my network. And, and, and the other thing is if you're in, if you own a business, you are in networking, like it or not, you are, you're in sales, you're in networking, you're right. So uh, everybody go get this book and read it and implement it. Networking essentials for success.com is your book. You have a training platform called network networking breakthrough academy.com. I just popped Perfect. that up on the bottom there as well. You have Chris that you're going to update, but here, you know, you said something about, I think it was chapter four or five, getting all your stuff. Maybe it was three getting yeah, three. everything ready. Um, I would say you're right. However, I I'm going to add one little caveat that I believe is true. And that is don't wait for everything to be perfect to start. And I would imagine you mentioned that at some point, like so many people are like, well, as soon as I get, you know, 400 posts on Facebook. And as soon as I get my website perfect and, and I get all this stuff done, then I'm going to get started and correct me if you think I'm wrong, but that, that seems wrong. No, I, no, I, I, I agree with you absolutely. And it's not designed as a way to continue procrastination, but to eliminate the procrastination that if this is sub subconsciously what's keeping you, from taking action. Let's fix that. Yep. Amen. I agree. Chris, what's, um, what's, what's next for you, man? What you're, you're, you're getting on the speaker circuit. You're, um, you're what, what else is coming for you? Yeah, we're, uh, so that, uh, I share the speaker circuit. We have our uh, networking breakthrough Academy. We have that three times a year. So it runs for 12 weeks. So that gives us about a, a month break between each class. Um, the, the classes are amazing because people end up with literally the best network they can have <clears throat> learning, <clears throat> excuse me, learning all of these things together with a class and the camaraderie that it creates just like a, a mastermind does. Yeah. So people get to graduate with that. Um, but the, the big vision is to continue expanding 
networking and, and expanding our connected networking group, which is a, a unique model that we have and that it's free for the community to join these events. We found other ways to monetize it to where we could sustain the group and keep it free for anyone to come into. So what that does is it allows people to build rapport relationship with those that they want to uh, that they want to grow the connection with, but maybe don't know how to where they can invite right. people to a free group and create actual community, provide value and be part of something much bigger than themselves. So to be able to get this to, to literally every corner of the world, I feel like if we can transform Columbus, Ohio and create an opportunity for connections like this, a, a place for people to meet, collaborate and grow here in Columbus, what other cities can use this, not just here in the United States, but across the world. And in, in a world that's so divided currently, you know, they, we're divided in so many different ways and whoever is behind it, whatever is, is causing division. But yeah. the, the reality is that we're all connected. Diversity is actually our strength and we are better together. When people understand this, that's the real message of networking and doing business in this kind of a community is going to lead to more success than a community that everyone's out for themselves. And the whole church said, amen. I, <laughs> I love it, man. That's, that's so awesome. So awesome, dude. I want to say thank you, Chris, for, for, I said, dude, I call everybody dude. All good. Um, I, 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 I want to thank you for taking the time to come on and share some of your, your wisdom with the audience. You're a rock star. Everybody go to networking essentials for success.com and pick up a copy that you said that directs them right to Amazon. Um, so pick up a copy of the book and then read it and leave a five-star review. If it's anything less than a five-star review, save your opinion for somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. No. So Chris, thank you so much, man. I, I appreciate you coming on and, and sharing with everybody, make sure everybody, all of you go follow Chris on all forms of social media. He's everywhere and get involved in his, you, you've, you've, you have a nice networking group on Facebook too. Yep. Connected networking group is uh, on Facebook and that's the one that we're going to be expanding and providing community, all, creating community all over the world. It's amazing. Amazing. So I'm going to go ahead and end the live stream now. Thank you to everybody who's watched. Thank you for sharing this out. If you did share it, thank you. Um, if you didn't share it, there's still time for you to redeem yourself and, and share this out. So, um, and make sure you follow Chris everywhere and go pick up a copy of networking essentials for success at that website, scrolling across the bottom, Chris, thanks so much. Stay with me. We'll see you guys later. Have a great day. Thanks so much.